Good morning, Zion Church. I am honored this morning to be able to bring the word today. Um, we're going to be continuing in the Proclaim series. I don't know about you, but this series has been extremely convicting for me. Um, at the same time, just a breath of fresh air and just a reminder of you know what we're called to do as Christians. Um, just really quickly, let me give you some of the points that have been impactful for me, especially from last week's sermon. Um, one, Jesus calls us to his mission and makes no secret at all how hard it's going to be. Um, two, disciples of Jesus can expect to be slandered, beaten, even killed. Right? That's the reality of things. Um, and then finally, it's, it's all worth it because, uh, as Justin said last week, and we find the scripture, Jesus is the treasure that we sell everything that we have to obtain because he is that good. Uh, and ultimately, he calls us onto this mission so that we can share this treasure with others. So it's been an incredible series so far, and it's definitely been a blessing to me. Um, we're going to continue in Matthew chapter 10. One of my favorite things about Jesus um, is his, he keeps it real, 100%. As Dave Jimenez Dave would say, Jesus keeps it a buck. Right? That's, that's how he is. Um, he never holds any punches. He always tells the truth. Um, and that's just the way he operates. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. So as we continue in, in Matthew chapter 10, we're going to see how Jesus continues actually to, to keep it real, but then also set the bar very, very high for disciples um, and what it takes to be on mission. Um, ultimately, Jesus calls us to greater faithfulness in this mission and not to have fear. So let's dive right into it. If you have your Bibles with you. Go to Matthew chapter 10. We're going to read from verses 26 to verses 33. This is Jesus speaking. So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will, be, that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Uh, really quickly, let me say pray. God, thank you for your word. I pray that you would speak to us, that you would use this word to convict us, to bring us life, to bring us hope, and ultimately to change us more and more to who you are. Thank you for it, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, great. So one of the first ways Jesus calls us to greater faithfulness, as we see in this chapter uh, and in these verses, is to proclaim his words, right? Verses 26 to 27. Um, we live in a world where the words of Jesus have been completely twisted and stripped of its meaning, right? Honestly, this is why you have a lot of people who are confused about who God is, what God says, um, what God expects of us. Here, here are some popular ideas about what Jesus' words are, right? First, Jesus wants to give you the, your best life ever, right? He doesn't want you to be worried. He doesn't want you to have any pain. He doesn't want you to have any sickness. 
It wants you to be happy and rich and wealthy. Like you, your best life is here on this earth and that's what Jesus wants for you. That's the prosperity gospel. It's a bunch of nonsense. Second way that Jesus' words are misconstrued or twisted um, is this idea of moralism, which essentially is be a good person and you'll coach right into heaven, right? You're, you're awesome. Jesus is excited to have you on his team. You know, just be a great person and, you know, you're good with Jesus. Uh, the third way that we see Jesus' words twisted um, and misconstrued is follow all the rules and God will be in your debt. Essentially, you follow all the rules, everything he wants you to do, and then he owes you everything. Blessings, safety, eventually heaven. Right, this is religion. This is something that I think of all, these, of all of these trees, I was guilty of believing in before the gospel. All right? So these three different ideas, and there, there are many other ways that Jesus' words are misconstrued and twisted and perverted. Um, these, these ways that Jesus' words are twisted and misconstrued, they're insufficient, right? They're not going to bring any hope, any life. The gospel alone, the message of hope, is the only message that we are to proclaim. It's Jesus' words to proclaim to the world, right? The gospel is, we all know, it's very simple. We're all sinners deserving the wrath of God for our sins, but out of his mercy and his love, he's died in our place, he's forgiven us, and he's given us life through his son. Now we have fellowship with him, and we can be with him. He's ours, we're his. It's amazing, right? So this is, this is the words of Jesus that we are to proclaim from the rooftops. Um, so the next time you see someone with the sandwich boards in the subway, you know, telling people you're going to go to hell, tell them, like, you got the wrong message, right? That's, that's only one part of the story. There's better news, right? There's hope. There's forgiveness in Christ. And this is, these are the words of Jesus that we ought to proclaim that he's talking about. Um, I, I love uh, the way this is summed up best. I love the way Peter does it um, in John chapter 6, verses 68 to 69. So just to give you some context. Um, Jesus is speaking to a large group of his followers, right? Again, he's keeping it real. It's a, it's a very hard message. There's a lot of truth, a lot of conviction. And at the end of the message, a majority of the disciples that are with him, they leave. And they leave Jesus for good, right? And so the 12 are left with them. And, you know, Jesus sees them still lingering around. He's like, you know, what about you? Are, are you going to leave too? And then Peter, again, in the best way, says... Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Beautiful. So again, the gospel, that's the message. Those are the words of Jesus that we are to proclaim from the rooftops to our neighbors, to our friends, to our family members, to everyone. Now, the second way that Jesus calls us to greater faithfulness in his mission is by not fearing man. Right? What I mean by that is not being afraid to share this good news with, with people. If I'm being completely honest, or as Jesus, if I'm being real, or keeping it a buck, um, sharing the gospel can be very scary, right? It, it's, sometimes it's not easy, right? Um, I, I have many times felt bad about sharing the gospel because you know I was scared of people or scared of what people might think. Um, so I'm always encouraged by Paul, who I think is probably one of the most fascinating people. Um, in the history, I'm, I'm always fascinated by, you know, his realness in, in, in talking to the Corinthians. He said, when I came to you sharing the gospel, I, I came in fear and trembling, 
right? I didn't come with eloquent speech, right? I didn't nail it. I, I was very afraid to share this message with you. But for, Paul is faithful. So every time I think about, you know, my fear of sharing the gospel, I think, man, I'm in good company. I'm going to be like Paul. I'm going to be like Jesus. I'm going to share these words. Um, the truth is, you know, it, it's, it's scary because there can be a lot at stake, you know, when you're sharing the gospel with people, right? This, you could be criticized, um, you know, as we, we saw last week in, in the message, right? We can be slandered, right? We can have our reputations ruined. Um, this is something that, you know, I, I, I struggle with for a good part of my life. Uh, for example, when I first started college, um, as a freshman at Baruch, go Bearcats, um, I, I, I was, again, I was not about Jesus. I was mainly about, and, and most of you know my story is about playing basketball, um, chasing after girls, doing stupid stuff. Um, and I was not about, you know, hanging out with church people or anything like that. I first ran into, into Varsity, which was uh, the Christian fellowship on campus, um, um, on a Thursday during, you know, one of their, you know, meetings. I saw a bunch of them, like, with keyboards and stuff. I was like, yo, these people might be Christian. So I just went the other way, right? Any chance I had to engage with them, I was like, nope. I, my friends can't know I'm a Christian. They can't know I have anything to do with Jesus or these weird people. Um, so I just avoided them. I was too cool for school. Like I, I had a rep to maintain and I didn't want it ruined by being associated with these people. Right? And, and this is something that we see play out, you know, not only in, in school, but it happens at work. Right. I'm sure, you know, you're, you've been in an office environment before, a work environment. And, you know, one of your coworkers is like, hey, would you do this weekend? And, you know, as opposed to saying, hey, you know what? I, I went to brunch on Saturday and I also went to church on Sunday. Typically, we just be like, yeah, you know, I went to brunch on Saturday and, yeah, for the rest of the weekend, I just hung out, you know, kept the chill. I hung out with, you know, friends. Um, yeah, there's, there's that fear of ruining our reputation, of, of being criticized because of what we believe. Um, and this is what Jesus tells us to avoid. Avoid this fear of man. Um, fear of man is a real temptation, right? It's, it's, it's way easier to be liked by everybody, to avoid conflict, avoid being that weird person or, you know, being that guy or that girl because, you know, what you believe. It's, it's so much easier to just avoid it altogether. But at the same time, it's a very serious sin. Uh, and we see that because essentially what we're doing in, in choosing to value the opinion and the approval of other people to God, what we're saying is that God, you know, you're not the, the, the most worthy of my life and my energy and my, my beliefs, uh, everything that I am. It's these people, it's my coworkers, it's actually my neighbors. It's, you know, these people who have the same political beliefs as I do, right? You're not the one I need to impress, you're not the one I need to be in approval of, it's these people. So we're elevating these people to the place of God. And this is why Jesus says uh, in this passage that, and I'll read it, in verse 28, do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. We are not to fear men. We're rather to fear God. And, and, and what does it mean to fear God and God only? Right? So this is, a, this, is, this is an idea or a concept that's always been very interesting to me as a Christian. Um, because, again, most of you know my story. I grew up with this idea of God like 
out to get me. So I have to do like these good things so that like I can like level the scales, um, be in his good graces, send some more, and then you know go back doing good so that you know he won't strike me down. Um, but we see Jesus in, in this chapter, in verse twenty-eight. He gives us a, an image or a portrayal of God um, as being the one who's able to destroy the body and soul in hell, and, and for that we should fear him. Now that's terrifying, right? God can destroy your body and your soul. That's a very terrifying image of God. But then right after, in the next verse, this is what Jesus says about God. So I'll read it in totality. Are are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Insert hair joke. Um, Fear not. Therefore, you are more value than many sparrows. So Jesus first gives this idea of God that is very terrifying, right? It's also very true, but then he follows it up with this idea of God being loving and deeply caring for his, his children and having value for them. That is, it's crazy enough that he knows the number of head, uh, hairs on your head, right? That's, that's God who is our father. So we have these, these ideas about God that seem to be conflicting, um, so how, how do we reconcile them, right? And have an appropriate fear of God. So we do this by one, understanding we don't serve a God who's a tyrant, right? God is, God is not in, in heaven waving, you know, his, his finger at you, um, looking for every opportunity to strike you down. Again, this is the kind of God that I served growing up, which is why I always try to be in his good graces, we all have that friend or family members like, yeah, I can't go to church. If I go to church, God's going to strike me down with fire or with lightning, right? And that's because that's the idea of God they have in their heads. Like God is this tyrant who's out to get me because you know, I'm, not, I'm not following his, his rules or I'm not listening to him. Um, and then we have to understand that our God is also God who is very loving, right? As Jesus describes here, he, he's very aware of the smallest aspects of our lives, and he cares for those things. So we have a lot of value in the eyes of God, and he loves us, and we're his beloved, right? So the, the way we reconcile this is that we understand that, yes, God is to be feared because he is righteous and he is good, and he has his commandments that he has for us. At the same time, he loves us, and he takes care of us, and he provides for us. So. As disciples, we are, we are to honor his commandments and obey them out of love and not fear. All right. So we're not, again, we're not obeying Jesus' call to, to proclaim his goodness and his, his message of gospel because if we don't, he's going to get us or we're not going to get into heaven. We're doing it because we understand that we've been forgiven. We've been loved by this amazing God who rightfully deserves to, you know, unleash his wrath on us, but rather he's given us his grace and because we have that grace, because we know how good he is, we go and obey him. We go and proclaim that good news to others, right? That's how we have an appropriate fear of God. So, like I mentioned in the beginning, Jesus calls us, and we see in this passage, to be faithful in this mission, right? This call is not suggestive, right? These are commandments from God. Um, elsewhere, Jesus refers to disciples, the relationship between him and the disciples is masters and servants, right? As a servant, you don't just, you know, take what your master says 
with a grain of salt and you're like, yeah, maybe I'll do it. You do it because he's the master. And Jesus being our Lord and our master, we are to obey his commandments. We are to take it very seriously. We are to follow them, right? Otherwise, there are consequences, right? Again, Jesus is keeping it real, all right? We go to um, verses 32 and 33. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge them before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. That's, that's pretty stark, right? That's, that's Jesus keeping it real, right? These commandments are not suggestions, right? One day we will stand before God in judgment. And if we were faithful to his mission, if we were faithful to obeying the gospel and, and receiving it and sharing with others and proclaiming Jesus to, to everyone that we know, right? Jesus will acknowledge us before his father. And if we fail to do that, right? If we fail to share the gospel, which, you know, a lot of times it shows that maybe we don't believe it because, you know, a lot of times when you, when you have good news or you watch a good show or you eat a good meal, you share it. You share that with someone. It's like, hey, you got to go to this place. I had, I had this amazing experience. I had this incredible meal. I watched this really incredible movie. I'm sharing with you because it's good, right? So, if we are afraid to share that gospel, right, it's, a way, it's, it's us essentially denying the God of the gospels, us denying the faith, it's us denying Jesus because it points to the fact that we, maybe we don't believe it. Maybe we don't believe it, it's good news. So this is why Jesus, um, his warning is very stern. You know, like, I will not acknowledge you before my father. I will deny you, all right? Our, our goal is in this life to to believe the gospel, believe it for ourselves because we need to. And then we need to go proclaim that. We need to share that with everyone. And that needs to be at the forefront of every conversation or forefront of every relationship or position that we have. We need to think about, hey, how can I be spreading this gospel? How can I be sharing this message? Because it's going to lead to our lives and the lives of others. So we, we need to take that very seriously as disciples. We can't take it very lightly. We can't take it as suggestions um, because at the end of the day, like people's lives are at stake, right? Um, and ultimately we're not responsible for saving anyone. So never ever feel that pressure, right? That's on God and God can handle it. We're responsible for sharing it though. We're responsible for making people aware of like, hey, this is the good news. This is the truth. This is a treasure that I found in Jesus. And I want you to have that too. So ultimately, we're living for this, these words, essentially. And we find it in Matthew chapter 25, uh, verses 21, right? Again, this is Jesus. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. These are the words that we're longing to hear at the end of our lives when we meet Jesus, right? Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful to the mission. You were faithful in sharing the good news with your neighbors. You were faithful in not having fear and not being afraid of what people might think of you or what you might lose because you're sharing my, my good news. You were faithful in obeying me out of love and letting people know about this message of hope that I have for them. Enter into my rest. I will set you over much. 
right? That's what we're that's what we're looking for, right? That's what we're living for. That's the approval of God, the satisfaction, and the blessing of God is what we're looking for, and that's what we're living for. So let us be confident in our call to this mission. Right? We have in our minds that this is going to be at times very hard, right? It's not going to be, you know, pain-free all the time and worry-free and, you know, it's not going to always go amazing, right? It's going to be hard. And that's Jesus telling us that, right? We're not to be surprised about that. Um, we're rather to be encouraged and to be strengthened by the fact that God is aware of every single hair on our heads. He values us that much that he knows how much hair we have on our heads. Right? We have a God and a Father who loves us and has died for us and given us life and has given us the power and the strength to share that with others. Right? That's, that's the, the confidence that we can go into proclaiming this good news. Right? We, we, we shouldn't be scared. We shouldn't hide away. Right? We shouldn't fear what people might think of us because ultimately we have the best news to give them. Right? So one, let's, let's be encouraged to share the good news of the gospel with our friends and our loved ones, our neighbors. This is a very tough time, again, with COVID. Um, there's so much loss, there's so much confusion, so much hurt with everything that's going on. Right? We have the one thing that will bring people hope, and that's the good news of the gospel. Um, we have the, the, the encouragement of knowing that God is with us, who will take care of us. Um, and ultimately, at the end of our lives, as we continue in faithful um, obedience to his mission and his call, we will have his approval. We will have those words said over us and we will enter into the joy and the rest of our God. So I, I, I pray that over us today as a church, I pray that that would encourage us to go on this mission and proclaim from the rooftops um, the good news of the gospel. Let's pray. God, thank you for your son. Thank you for his obedience to you, God, obedience until the point of death on the cross, Lord. Thank you that, Jesus, you did not seek the approval of men, that you did not twist your words because it would make you better liked or shrink back from the truth. You were bold in your conviction. You were faithful to do and say everything the Father told you to do and say. And because of that, we have life, Lord. I pray that you would give us um, that, that strength, that encouragement as a church, that you would put people in our hearts to pray for, to share your good news with, and ultimately we would be faithful, God, every step of the way. And Lord, because we are faithful, God, we would see your goodness here as you bring people to the knowledge of your son and your hope, and then in eternity, God, when we get to be with you forever. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.